welcome to another episode of the Stephen Hayes Show. And we got a lot to get into. Happy holidays to everyone. I hope all is well. I hope everyone was able to enjoy, relax, spend time with their family and accomplish whatever it is they set out to accomplish, whether that was getting some work done around the house or simply sitting on your butt doing nothing. I hope you were able to accomplish that. Um, a lot to get into, you know, it, it, it's, excuse me, it's, it's, um, it's a lot of football going on. Um, you know, NFL is shaping out. We were finally, you know, the smoke is clearing and we're, and we're getting to our, uh, we're getting to who we know is probably going to be there in the playoffs. And then we're getting some, some teams on the outside looking in, um, I want to I want to start with the Buffalo Bills though. Um, I said recently that that the Buffalo Bills were were in a must win situation, and I meant that. Uh, I wholeheartedly meant that. You know, a must win situation. Um, just you know, just in a situation where you have to, you have to win these games when they're close, like they were. Um, Eagles winning on a game winning a touchdown against with uh, against the Bills with Hurts taking it in for the win, and then the, the even for Hurts to be in that position by being set up with uh with uh Jake Elliott with a field goal I believe it was sixty yards or fifty nine or something like that. So um, it, even for you to 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 be in a position like that where you shouldn't have been, you know it's rough. Um. I don't know where the Bills go from here because right now you sit at six and six, right? Uh, you sit at six and six. It's so many teams that are, uh, you know, get hitting their stride and 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 finding themselves, getting in their rhythm. And it's like, damn, okay, well, what do we do? You know, if you're the Bills, that was a gut wrenching loss to me. If you're the Bills, um, that's a gut wrenching loss because you have to. You have to get into a situation where you're you you're you're capitalizing on every win that you can. Now for the 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 Bills versus Eagles game, I don't know how can I say this? The defense was questionable down the stretch. Um I actually remember sitting there watching that game. And I was actually happy on the offensive side because I was like, okay, well, dang, uh, they're finally running the ball. Um, and they're finally giving Josh Allen a little break, right? And that's what I felt. Um, for Buffalo to lose that game like that, gut rich and loss, uh, it was tough. It was tough. Josh Allen had a hell of a game. Um, he played a really good game. He did. I thought he played a really good game. 29, I, I, the attempts were crazy, but... Um, 339 yards. He was trying to make the throws when he could. Um, a lot of miscommunication on the on the on the quarterback to receiver, uh, especially with uh Gabe Davis going outside when he should have came in. And I think that would have sealed the game, me personally. Um uh, but it's a lot. It's a lot for the Bills right now. And then again, you're sitting at six and six on the road, you're not a good road team. You're one and four on the road. So, you know, for you to for you to be in a position like this and to uh 
it's a gut wrench and loss because it it kind of kind of shapes your season out, right? Like it kind of uh kind of put in perspective of how your season's been all year. It's been it's just been up and down. I said this a few weeks ago. I said um the Bills had have yet to find their identity and they still haven't found it. And um it it it, it taught me two things. Uh, watching that Bills Eagles game taught me two things. One, the Bills still haven't found their identity, and they and they're still searching. Um, they finally, even though Josh Allen uh, had the majority of the rushes, which I really would like them to get off that, but you finally got some help from your running back with uh, Latavius Murray, James Cook. So you know, not not big play, not big yards, but. Enough to take all the load off of Josh Allen. You know, he doesn't have to shoulder the entire load. Um, and for me, sooner than later, you need to have a solidified running back because you need to be in a position where you are taking that load off of Josh Allen. Now, if Josh Allen chooses to continue to play like that, that's on Josh Allen. But you really need to be in a situation where you don't have to worry about your quarterback running the ball as much as he does because Josh Allen does not slide. He does not get out of bounds. He takes the hits head on. And that's 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 only going to happen and that's only going to go down and continue for so long. So I would love to see them get a solidified running back and kind of take that load off of Josh Allen so he can, you know, focus on the quarterback position a little bit more. And again, I don't think he had a bad game. Um a lot of misses. It was a rainy day. It was a crazy day, but I don't. I don't think he had a bad game. I don't. And you know, the second thing I learned about that game is the Eagles are a really good football team. They're uh, they're a flawed football t- football team, but they're a really good football team. And um, the Eagles are in a situation where they can have slow starts. But the veteran presence and the leadership that they have and the experience and everything that comes with that and the way they've been playing and the way they've been executing and the way they've just been dominating teams in the second half, like the Eagles are, they're just a really good football team. They're flawed, but they're, it's, (laughs) I'm going to play on words here a little bit. They're completely flawed. They're, They're as complete as you can find as a football team, but they're also flawed. And um, one of the biggest flaws that they have is the slow starts, uh, particularly with Hurts. Hurts normally starts slow in the first half, and it's kind of like, okay, you know, what's going on? Where are you? Where are we going here? But he he turns it on in the second half, and you just kind of look up, and you don't realize, and you're just kind of like, oh, whoa! I didn't know he you know ran for this, or I didn't know he passed for that, threw for that, and I didn't know he had that many touchdowns or whatever. So. Um, and you could tell with Hurst, he he said it. He was not uh, happy with his performance. It was it was not to his liking. It was not to his satisfaction. You know, satisfaction. But they got the job done. Uh, some costly uh, false starts on the on the veteran center Kelsey. Um, that you know, to me, could have the the first one I got, but the second one could have could it was I'm, I'm talking about like a little flinch. And they called it, and I know that's something the league wanted to crack down on more this year. Um, but shout out to the Eagles, you know, the Eagles sitting at ten and one, and uh, they look as is 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 poised as ever. They look as as dangerous as ever to go back to the NFC Championship and compete, you know, for a chance to go to another uh, Super Bowl for the second straight year. 
And I don't, again, I don't, uh, I don't know where you go from here if you're the Bills. I don't know if this is um, something that you, you know, take with you the rest of the season, or if this is something that you understand and say, hey, we have to fix this or that or X, Y, Z, whatever the case is. But if you're the Bills, some changes has to come. Some changes have to be made. And I don't know if, um, man, it's rough because I don't know if that's the coaching staff. Just me personally. And I hate saying that. And I'm not calling for anyone to get fired. I just think you got to change some things up because I don't know that that's the coaching staff that you want moving forward. Um, Especially when you got a player like Josh Allen in that backfield. You got a a receiver like Stephon Diggs. I just, and Gabe Davis, like, I don't know if you want that um, coaching staff to stay intact, like complete. I don't know if that's what you want. So again, shout out to the Eagles. I I think the Eagles are amazing. Um, I think in the beginning of the season, I had them right now uh, at three losses. So I'm, you know, and some of those I thought were going to happen. Like I said, yesterday was one of the losses. Um, I I picked them to beat the Bills, but I I definitely had them at three losses at this point in the season. But again, um, the Eagles are, are, are flying high. And they're doing their thing. So, you you know, you tip your hat to them and you move forward. Now, this is the reason that I, you know, talked about the NFL standings and got on, you know, certain teams for trying to, not trying, let me rephrase that, but for losing costly games because it's so cluttered up top and it's so, uh, it's so confusing as to who's going to come out where. Um, the Eagles are kind of looking like They'll go ahead and, and win the NFC and, and secure home field advantage. Stranger things have happened. Things can change. Um, but as of right now, if the playoffs was to start today, you know, uh, your AFC teams would be the Ravens, Chiefs, in this order, one through six. Ravens, Chiefs, Jaguars, Dolphins, Steelers, Browns. Um, oh, man, I... I don't know if that'll stay that way. Uh, the Ravens have a, a lot going on. Lamar Jackson is so talented; he's just a hell of a quarterback. Um, but you gotta, you gotta kind of work on that offense a little bit more. Um, that receiving core, uh, the O line stepping up to protect uh, Lamar Jackson and making sure that um, he's upright and making sure that he has time in that in that pocket without having to check down and, and use his legs. But again. The Ravens are good, but they they again have the Steelers and the and the Browns on the hills, both sitting at seven and four in the AFC. Now, the Bengals took a hit. I definitely said I had the Bengals competing for AFC championship. I said this a few weeks ago, but I also was saying that based on Joe Burrow being healthy and uh, the Bengals having their full roster, clearly they don't have that. So that whole plan goes out the window. Now with the Jaguars sitting at eight and three. Ravens sitting at nine and three, Kansas City Chiefs sitting at eight and three. I'll say this before I say it again: Kansas City Chiefs are the ugliest eight and three team I've seen, but they have that that veteran leadership. They have that championship pedigree. That's why they're sitting at nine and three. Um, I don't feel they're a legit. I'm not sorry, eight and three. I don't feel they're a legit eight and three team, but 
I understand why they're eight and three because of the the talent and the leadership that you have on that side. With Andy Reid, with Patrick Mahomes, with Travis Kelsey, uh, some of the defensive players on that side. So, you know, um, they will win football games, but they will have a tough time. They'll have a struggle doing it. And um, I don't know how far they'll go, but I I do know that the experience factor is the reason that they're sitting in eight, at eight and three. And they're not a pretty eight and three team at all. They're not. So, um, but back to Baltimore, this is why I said the Baltimore Ravens had to stack their wins because you don't want to be in a situation. You want to be in home field. But again, the Chiefs, I'm a little worried. If the, if the playoff started today, the Chiefs will be the two seed. Ravens will have home field. But I feel the Chiefs possibly because of the the, the veteran presence, the the championship pedigree, they could come into Baltimore and, and win a game and send Baltimore home early. I think that could happen. But, you know, uh, Jacksonville, I like. I really do. They have some growing pains still to get through, but I like them. I like Jacksonville. They are, I'm not picking them for anything right now, but I think they're going to be a tough out for anybody in the playoffs. Um, just because they have that will. And, and Peterson coaching that team and Trevor Lawrence, ETN, and, you know, having those having those guys, I I, I think, uh, I think they'll just be a tough out, you know, moving forward. Miami, I I personally don't trust. I like, but I don't trust. I love the talent. I love the offensive uh, explosiveness that they have on that side with Tua Tagovailoa and and and, and Tyreek Hill and uh, Raheem uh, Mostert and all that. So they have these guys. Um, they have Jalen Ramsey back on the defensive side. So they have these guys, but again, their their record is kind of flawed to me because. They're sitting at eight and three, but the teams that they've beat are not great teams. But the teams that they lost to, you know, had the potential to they lost to the Bills. Uh, they lost to the Chiefs. They lost to the Eagles. So these are the teams that, you know, you need to solidify your wins against, especially when it comes to the AFC and the Chiefs and Bills, and you know, trying to secure your seating and figure out where you're going to be. But again, you lost these matchups. And um, it's it's going to be tough because Miami's schedule moving forward and the way they play, you know, they don't have any great teams, but they end it, you know, tough. So coming up, they got Washington, Tennessee, Jets, Dallas, Ravens, Buffalo. You know, um, again, Washington, Tennessee, Jets, Dallas, uh, Ravens, Buffalo. I could easily see them going three and three in there. Uh, I could easily see them going four and two, or I can easily see them going uh, two and four. You know, depending on the, you know those losses could be to Dallas, Baltimore, Buffalo, and maybe Tennessee. But it depends on really. Um, I don't think that's the target date for Aaron Rodgers to come back. So we'll see. I think he's. I think it's the twenty fourth that Rodgers plans to play. So we'll see how that plays out too, because you know that's going to be interesting. But Miami, um, you know, Baltimore, Kansas City, like the wins are so important right now because the AFC is stacked. As far as I'm, and I'm not saying I'm not saying I trust the Steelers. I'm not saying I trust the Browns, but I'm saying they're a tough out. And at any given moment, anything can happen. This is the NFL, so we'll see. 
Um, on the NFC side, it's a little more understanding. It's a little more uh, smoke is cleared, and you understand where you are, where you are, and what you're getting. Um, I don't know if after the you guys so you got the Eagles, 49ers, Lions, and then from there, uh, you, well, you got the Cowboys. And it's crazy because the Cowboys sit in the fifth seed because they're in the same division as the Eagles, while you have the Falcons sitting at the fourth seed with a five and six record, but they lead their division. So that's that's very interesting. Minnesota playing and, you know, um doing their thing, but again, Dobbs is still learning the offense. So we we have yet to see, you know, him in a groove and set into his comfort zone. So we'll see how they play out. I know that's a team that the Lions have to look out for. Um, the Lions sitting at eight and three right now is it's great, but I also hate the the stuff that I'm hearing as far as oh man, they're not trustworthy. I knew they were going to be uh, the same old Lions and all this type of stuff. Stop it, because and the reason I say stop it, the Lions you're not used to the Lions winning football games, right? Let's let's just be real here. You're not used to the Lions winning football games like this. Um, and to come into this week, uh, what are we on? Week 13, I believe, is the week we're about to approach. Yeah, going into week 13, you're going in eight and three. How can you complain about that? You know, nobody was saying, so the Lions have growing pains to grow through, right? Um, they're finding their footing. They're getting to the, they're getting themselves uh, in a solidified position to be a contender. Um, that's This is the first year of that. It started last year, but this is the the legit first year that the Lions are putting themselves in a position to be a contender. They're a contending team. They are one of the top teams in football. Um, and they've been since the beginning of the season. They played the first game against the Chiefs and they beat the Chiefs. So they've they've been a top team in football. Uh and 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 it's just interesting to see how things are going to shape out with the Lions because, again, we haven't seen this before. So when people were talking about, oh, I knew they were going to fold, you haven't seen it. But how do you know? Because you haven't seen the Lions team this good. You haven't seen the Lions with an 8-3 and three record. You didn't in your lifetime. As <clears throat> many people that I know that love the Lions, I can't name one person that in their lifetime they've seen the Lions with a record like this. Not one. So... We got to chill on that. You know, we got to chill on 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 expecting so much out of them when they're just learning to win, when they're just learning to 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 uh, to take control of football games and and hold the leads and 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 play smart football. So, you know, I'm giving them some room. I'm giving them some wiggle room. You know, and, uh, again, they've they're achieving, you know, great things, but. They still have some growing pains to do, and I'm understanding of that. So I'm fine with, you know, some of the losses that they hit. Now that Thanksgiving loss to the Packers was a huge loss. Um, shout out to the Packers; they came ready, but that Thanksgiving loss was a huge loss only because of seeding. And clearly, you know, unless you just go one and six in your last six in your next six games, the last six, I'm sorry, one and five. I don't see how that. You know, I don't see them not making the playoffs. They're a playoff team. And they're a contending team, but it's just you got to stack these wins. It, it's hard to win in the NFL. I get that, but you have to stack these wins because um, these are things. These are games that you need moving forward, you know. And again, I said it. 
out of the three of the last six, they got to play division rivals. They got to play the Bears and the Vikings twice. So um, that's going to be tough. And then you got Dallas. So at Dallas, so that's going to be tough. So these are games that you got to win. Um, I definitely, uh, I think they can win these games, but you have to, you have to understand, you know, and believe in what they're what you're doing. And I know they do. Clean up some of the some of the, I call it uh, the trickery and co- on the on the coaching coaching side of it, of the offensive side of it, and just play smart football. Uh, run the ball, run the ball when you need to. Jared Goff is a smart quarterback. You don't have to do too much with him. You can literally do what you need to do. And then Jared Goff has a, a regular stat line game, but again, it, it gets the job done and it wins the game because that's the type of quarterback Jared Goff is. So you you have to understand that you have to utilize that, you know, to your advantage. Uh, but again, for the Lions to be sitting at the fifth team that bet in all of the league, number five. So they've been a top five team all year. And sitting at number five right now, you can't beat that. You can't ask for more and stop acting like um, the Lions have been winning for years because they have not. So stop expecting so much out of them. They are learning. They are growing. And it's, if you're a Lions fan, you're learning and you're growing too because you've never seen your team like this. So, you know, uh, you got to have patience with this because it's 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 a, it's a marathon. You know, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. So... Um, moving on, I do feel like the San Francisco 49ers have found a groove. And I also feel like um, one of the things that has helped them is on that defensive side. They acquired Chase Young for a bag of chips, and they have just been terrorizing their opponents on the defensive end. 15 sacks, I think, in the last three or four games, something like that. Um, Brock Purdy, you know, playing you know, great football because you're not asking him to do too much. He's doing just enough to win the games and manage the game in the right way. So you need that. And you're asking Brock Purdy to do that. And that's perfect for your situation. And I'm it's, so far, it's working because Kyle Shanahan seems like he's understanding that. Um, Christian McCaffrey, absolute beast, doing his thing. Uh, you know, it's just one of those games where... Um, one, I'm sorry, one of those teams where you see the talent, you see what they have, you see what they're doing, and they're going to be hard to stop. Uh, I, I I, could potentially, I could see the 49ers and the Eagles playing each other when the all setting done in an NFC Championship game. Um, or I could see the Lions and possibly the Eagles you know, playing each other in the NFC Championship game because it, again, it depends on where you where you uh, where you are uh, or in the win column and how you stack those wins. So, you know, the 49ers are are, are a solid team. Um, again, I'm I'm glad that they're using Brock Purdy in the right manner in the right way because he you don't have to do too much with Brock Brock Purdy. You don't. You don't have to do too much with Brock Purdy because Brock Purdy is what you need, but he's not, you know, it's not, you don't have to overdo it with him. And that's the that's the key. Just don't overdo it with Brock Purdy and you'll be fine. So shout out to the 49ers in that front. Uh, let's switch gears here. Let's go uh, NCAA. And um, big weekend of football took place. <sighs> Michigan took care of Ohio State. 
Alabama had a, a last-minute, last-second game-winning uh, touchdown by Milrow, uh, back of the end zone. It's just absolutely crazy how that you know play even tr- got there. Um, I'm very interested in how the NCAA is going to play things out when it comes to the final seedings and things of that nature because the NCAA really has this uh, notion that you can, uh, you know, go undefeated and and be the best team. And, you know, it's just so much that goes into that. So coming up, you know, Saturday, December 2nd, we got a lot of big games. Alabama and Georgia. Uh, Florida State is playing. Yeah, uh, Texas and Oklahoma State. Michigan and Iowa. These are crucial games. You know, but I said this a while ago. That's one of my issues with the way they they rank the teams. And then next year when they add these teams, you're, you're it's going to be hard. You got to go against everything that you said because it's going to be hard for you to convince me that uh, you're not going to have a two or three lost team in the playoffs because I think you will. And you, and, and you got to let them in. You know, depending on, you know, the the way it plays out. But I think you will have one or two, one or two teams that have two losses or three. That'll be in the playoff. The other thing that I don't like about the NCAA, what they're doing, and it's just me personally, not, you know, trying to rag on them. I wish you would wait to 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 name who the top team is, who you feel is the top team in the country. Um, simply because I don't, I don't know what you're going off of. You know, when you say strength of record or whatever the case, I don't know what you're going off of. But when they came out and named Ohio State, and this is not a beef or a vendetta against Ohio State, it's just like when they came out and said Ohio State was the number one team in the country, and at the time I felt it was uh, still Georgia. Um, I was just wondering how they came to that conclusion, looking at their record. Looking at the teams that they played, and again, if you're talking about the Notre Dame game, that that just you know you caught a lot of breaks with that game. You caught a lot of breaks with that game. So if that's the game that you're talking about, yeah, you know we'll see. But I just don't know how you came out and said Ohio State, and that that's why I personally feel like you should wait. I think right now, going into these bowl games, going into these these championship games. Uh, before you get to the playoff, I think is when you name what team is seeded where. Because that's, to me, how you will really find out. Because right now you have Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State. That's your top four. And then you have Oregon, Ohio State, Texas, Alabama, Missouri, and Penn State rounding out your top 10. Now, Penn State has two losses. They're the 10th spot. Missouri has two. Alabama has one. Texas has one. I'm pretty sure, you know, if Alabama beats Georgia, you're going to say that Alabama deserves to be in the net, you know, in the uh, the playoff this year. Uh, Alabama lost to Texas. So it's like, okay, you know, how do we kind of rank that? That's why that's that's why I'm curious. Texas lost to Oklahoma. But. How do we rank that? Like, how do we, you know, clarify, clarify that and how do we justify it? 
Um, I said it before. I think Alabama is one of the most talented teams and the most entertaining team to watch once they have confidence. And they have confidence right now. They have swagger. They have everything that you would possibly want um, in a college football team um, when it comes to the the you know the moxie that they're carrying around with. They believe they should be in the college football playoffs, and they feel they can win the whole damn thing. So you know, shout out to them on that. But I don't. I don't know if they get in. I, I'm just going off of how I see it. You know, I don't know. If you lose to Georgia, I clearly don't see you getting in there. Um, if this was next year, then yeah, you should. You probably would be in there. But I don't see how, I just don't see how that plays out. But that's why I just feel like uh, Alabama, like all these big schools, I feel like the committee should pick their games. Along with the, but you like the NFL, like we don't know the schedule or the NBA. I feel like the committee should pick their games. And I feel like um, the AD should have a say in those games, but I still feel like it's still the committee picking them in the, in the, in this base and off that. And then I also feel like you should hold the rankings uh, for any team. Uh, because I personally, as much as I like Michigan, but I don't think Michigan was tested. I don't think they've been tested all year. I don't think Ohio State's been tested all year. So uh, I think when you run into these big schools like Alabama, like Georgia, you know, um, I think it's going to be an eye-opening situation for you because you have not played these teams. That's why I would hold the rankings. But again, that's just me talking. And I also feel like it should be more in-conference play um, on the road. I feel like you should you should add to this where Michigan has to go to Michigan State, Michigan State has to go to Michigan in the same season. You play them twice. You space it out or whatever, but you play Ohio State twice. You play Michigan twice. You play Penn State twice. You know what I'm saying? You play these teams twice. And if you're not going to play all of them twice, then you kind of, the committee and the AD kind of makes the decision on who they're going to play twice, one on the road, one at the crib. And then that kind of shapes things out. And that really helps you understand, okay, this is one of the best teams in college football. Um, this is one of the best teams that I've seen. Because, again, when you're looking at stats, when you're looking at, uh, uh, let's just go Texas, you know, rushing yards, Brooks has 1,100, Ewers has 2,700, uh, Worthy has 83 on, 883 on receiving, you know, um, they're, they're putting up numbers. They're putting up, you know, their team is putting up numbers, but it's just, it's just going to be hard to stick with these. So I don't think these four teams stay, especially in this order, Georgia, Michigan, Washington, Florida State. I like the four teams. I just don't think they stay. I don't see nothing wrong with those four teams, but I don't think they stay. We'll see how that plays out. But I, I truly do not think they'll keep those four teams. I truly do not think that's what they'll rock with when it comes to this year's playoff. Um one of the things I wanted to get into also is just understanding where we are as, you know, the season goes on in the NFL. Uh, looking at some of these teams, looking at some of these, like uh, the the Panthers firing their coach. Um, I've never been big on calling for anybody's job. I don't care what you do. I've never been big on it. But certain teams 
have certain players that have all world talent and they don't have the coaching in my eyes that showcases that talent. Um, the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen and McDermott, uh, the, uh, uh, LA Chargers would, 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 uh, hurt, uh, Herbert and Staley, you know, uh, Chicago with Fields is certain teams that don't have the the necessary coaching the you know that fits the talent that the team has, and I'm wondering, you know, when are we going to start holding, you know, uh, when the organization is going to start holding coaches accountable, right? Like you look at the Patriots, and the Patriots, you know, endured all that success for years. You know, but um, there's a way that this that that the Patriots win football games, and why they are such a respected franchise and things of that nature. But it's also the players that you had, and you don't have those players anymore. So it's time. I think you have to kind of sit back as an owner and look at the the coaching and say, "Hey, we need to make a change," or you know, we're not going to go very far. Um, another way I see it. It's just, even if you're going to, you know, keep the head coach, you know, just bringing in a valuable offensive coordinator who can, you know, utilize your talent and utilize what you have and just kind of like, you know, uh, put you put your team in the best position possible to win football games. And I think that's what a lot of these teams need. Um, I think they need either a great offensive coordinator or a great defensive coordinator. But I also think, you know, if you're going to stick with, if you're saying these head coaches, this is my guy, I'll stick with that coach. I don't have no problem with that coach. Then I think you got to kind of come up with a different way to showcase the talent of the teams, of the the Herberts, of the Josh Allens, of the Justin Fields. Because the way that you're doing it right now is not working. but then, you know, when it comes to coaching and you and you're struggling like the Bills have, like the the Bears have, um, you gotta look at the coaching from that other standpoint, right? Now, I said it a while ago that Russell Wilson, he's not doing too much. Um, Sean Payton has him doing, you know, just enough. And it's winning, it's working. They're winning football games. They are winning football games and they're a dangerous team. When they, they're six and five, they're a dangerous team when they get their momentum. Um, I'm not going to go as far as saying they're a playoff contender right now, but they're a talented football team. And I do know that the team itself has a lot of upside, you know, and, and, Anything that you do at this point, especially how you started the year off, you're just simply overachieving anyway. So why not keep going for it? Um, Russell Wilson has, I'm not saying he's been phenomenal, but he has been really good. In 11 games, these last stretch, I'm not talking about the beginning, I'm talking about this last stretch of games, I think five or six games. He's been good. He's been valuable. Um, Four interceptions, 20 touchdowns on the season, right? He's been sacked a lot. And a lot of that came earlier in the season, you know, but uh, 
you know, you got Sutton, you got Singleton and, and, and Simmons on the defensive side. You got, you know, Williams on the rushing side. And then uh, Russell Wilson is almost at 2,200 yards. And again, you're not, he does not have to do a lot. And that's, that's key for Denver. So, you know, Denver is putting the pieces together. And I think a lot of that has to do with coaching. And I think a lot of that has to do with you sitting back, observing where you are, who you have, and then sitting there saying, all right, this is what we're going to do. So shout out to the to to the to the Broncos on that. Now, as far as uh, as far as playoffs go, I don't know if the Broncos are a legit contender, but I think next year they'll you know they'll find their footing even more than they will be. Um, but the team is hot, you know, hottest team in college. Uh, I'm sorry, in the NFL. So you know you gotta you gotta roll with them. You know, and and I do, you know, predict that they will, they'll creep into the playoffs. And I mean creep into the playoffs. But a lot of things have to kind of align the right way for that to happen. And I do think they'll happen. But, you know, other than that, I I, I like the, the Denver Broncos. And I think they have a very talented roster. And I think they have a great head coach that is finally, you know, coaching his brand, his style of football, and everybody's buying into it. And now you see the success and the fruit of the labor of that. So, you know, shout out to the Broncos for that. Um, last but not least, I want to talk about, I want to get into a little bit of boxing. Um, I'm a huge boxing fan. Uh, a couple of fights took place over the weekend. Uh, Benavidez versus... Uh, Demetrius Andre and then uh, Benavidez, I believe it was Junior, I forgot which way it goes, versus Charlo. I don't know where boxing is going to go from here, but I think one of the biggest issues in boxing is the best has to fight the best. And you, you, you can't wait. You can't sit here and just, you know, kind of string it along and say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do this, I'll do that. Um, uh, David Benavidez looked unstoppable, you know. Um, David Benavidez looked unstoppable, but he also has to have a level of opponent to challenge him. And the only person I feel can do that is Canelo Alvarez. I don't know if I see uh, Canelo taking this fight because it's a lot of downside for Canelo to take this fight. But I like Benavidez. I do. I like Benavidez. And then on the other side, um, if you're Charlo, Charlo, Jamal, Charlo coming off a win and improving to 33 and all, I believe, and he's 33 years old. So you kind of wonder, like, okay, how many more good, you know, years left does Charlo have in the ring? And um, it's clearly not the same with the fighters. Um, fighters are getting hurt, but they're also only fighting once a year. But I think that has to change. If you want boxing to be looked at as a legit sport, um, and even if the, and, and it entices the spectators. If you think about back in the day, Mike Tyson wasn't um, everybody's cup of tea. But when Mike Tyson fought, you turned that TV on, man. You ordered that fight because you wanted to see two seconds or whatever it was. You wanted to see Mike knock somebody out. 
And boxing doesn't have that anymore. They don't have that main attraction. Even with uh, Deontay Wilder when he was on top, they don't have the main attraction like that to bring in the spectator fans and to say, you know, hey, watch this regardless if you're a fan of boxing or not. Mike was pure entertainment. Mike Tyson was pure entertainment. And that's why he drew he drew such big interest from from people. And that's why wherever he went, he was the main attraction because in that ring, he was a straight stone cold killer. And, you know, you knew what you were getting with Mike Tyson. Some of these fighters today, you don't know what you're getting. Um, you you get questionable performance performances, but you also get, you know, uh Lazy performances. So it's going to be interesting to see what boxing does uh, in the next, I would say, three to five years. Um, because I could see a complete shift. And I could see a lot of people that never boxed before, that were on YouTube or whatever, taking up the sport, getting sanctioned bouts, and and really having a career out of it. We'll see. But I, that's just something that I could see. But if you're boxing, you have to be careful, especially with the MMA situation going on right now with the UFC and then you got PFL uh, buying uh, Bellator MMA and, and just or merging, whatever they... Like, it's so much excitement going on in that brand of, of, of contact sport, of, you know, physical sports. You got to step it up and you got to make these fights happen. The promoters have to come off their high horses in boxing. Um, it's not about you. It's about the fighter. And then the fighters have to come off their high horses asking for 80-20 splits, which is insane. Um, and still trying to do pay-per-view. You know, you have to, you know, everybody can't be Floyd Mayweather. You know, every, you know, everybody can't be Floyd Mayweather. So, you know, it's interesting to see how things are shape out. Um, I would love to see Canelo fight Benavidez, but I don't know if that's where Canelo is at his career, at this point in his career. And that truthfully, he does not have to fight Benavidez. He doesn't need to fight. Benavidez needs to fight. But Canelo does not need to fight. His his career has been solidified uh, 10 years ago, if you ask me. But we'll see how it shapes out. And, you know, I hope boxing does, you know, regain the throne when it comes to combat sports because they've always, you know, been the top of the list. So, We'll see what happens, especially if you got your heavyweight champion, Fury, fight Usyk. We'll see how that happens. We'll see if that fight actually takes place. So, you know, um, shout out to the boxers, man. I, I I love the fighters. I love the Charlos. They are talented. They are a hell of a fighting uh, uh, pairing. But again, with Jamal being 33, improving to 33 and all, I don't know how many years left he has. I, I, I don't know. I don't know how many good years left he has, um, you know, before age starts to catch up with him. So we'll see. That's today's show. Appreciate you guys. Um, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Tunnel Vision Sports. Um, and then anything that you want to hear, just browse through our podcast network, uh, TVS network, and you'll be able to see it. As always, take care. This is Stephen Hayes show. I'm out. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, you can subscribe and catch all of our episodes from all of our podcasts right here on the TVS Network.